Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Hi, my name is Debbie Wyatt, and um, I wanted to share with you um, part of a challenging season that we were going through. Um, I know for all of us, the last six months have just been full of so many challenges. Um, But for John and I, um, we had also been trying to get pregnant for about two years, and um, we're had a lot of different seasons that were okay and seasons that were really challenging during that time. And even as I say that, I just know that there are so many people who have very different fertility stories um, and they're going to be different from what I'm going to share. But um, the experience I had was, um, you know, there were a lot of months that were really frustrating and challenging. Um, And after a year, a year and a half kind of started rolling around, I found myself um, really wondering if the Lord was withholding um, a baby from us. And um, even if I was doing something wrong, like feeling just like if I was disobedient to God for not um, even thinking about maybe adoption or something like that, that he was withholding something from us. And um, that felt probably the most emotional and challenging part of the journey was um, that constant wondering, like, why isn't this happening? And um, probably I think the thing that was most helpful for me was um, even John helping me remember like who the Lord actually is and his love for us. Um, And then he was not a God that was withholding um, having a second child from us because he was trying to punish us or anything like that. Um, But I think, and this reminds me of even the passage that we learned about last week um, and this week is kind of coming to the Lord in prayer and being honest about that and by coming to him and experiencing who he is and his love for us and intimacy with him and being reminded that he actually is a good God who loves me um, that didn't like take away the worry or the sadness that we weren't um, pregnant yet but it actually um, did I did experience peace by knowing that this God who loves us is for us and is is with me in this journey. Um, I wasn't alone in that. And that felt significant. And, you know, I think peace and contentment can come and go, but coming close to the Lord and sharing with him pain and sharing with him hardship is the thing that um, was really helpful for us. And so thankful um, we are pregnant now. And that has been a really sweet season of rejoicing and thanking the Lord for that sweet blessing. So that's our story. Thank you, Debbie. <clears throat> Thank you, Debbie, and congratulations both to you and to John. And uh, we're excited for you guys. And, and thanks for sharing your heart with us. Uh, life does have its ups and downs and all arounds. And uh, there are times when we feel we wonder what's going on with life and contentment seems far from us. But contentment is a choice. Uh, that sense of peace and confidence, no matter what happens, that God, no matter what happens, that God's got us and is doing His work and His best for His purposes, and it's going to be okay, um, even if it's tough. We can still have joy because contentment in Christ is joy <clears throat> bringing. So thanks again, Debbie, for sharing that. Appreciate that. Well, welcome this morning. 
uh, today. Whenever you're viewing this, uh, uh, to our worship gathering today, uh, whether you're online, in person, uh, I guess in the gym, maybe they're not turning me on there in there, but <laughs> but uh, they're probably doing their own thing in there. But it's it's uh, 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 my name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and glad that you've joined us today. We're in our last Sunday of what we've called our All Church Focus. Uh, it's a study through the Bible book of Philippians, as you've been hearing. It's a, a letter <clears throat> written to encourage not only Christ followers in Philippi, but all of us readers, for it is important and possible to discover joy in difficult times. Now, now I'm not sure what your picture of joy may be, what it might look like, but what, what does it look like for you? What is your picture of joy? What image comes to mind uh, when you think of a joy-bringing scene? Now, if you're online, go ahead and write in the chat there maybe some scenes that you have that are joy-bringing to you. Uh, but uh, I've actually put up some, some pictures up here to, to take a look at, and uh, uh, do they describe joy to you? Like this first one, it's a, a beach scene. Uh, just You know, you see the, the crystal blue waters there, the white sands, that hammock in the middle of trees. You can just almost picture yourself lying down there and hearing the, the water slowly lap onto the shore, and there's just a sense of peace, of contentment, of calm, of joy, or what about this? Maybe it's a mountain scene for you. Uh, uh, up there in the mountains, maybe you're got your hiking clothes on and a day pack, and you've come up finally to the summit of where you're going to go, and you <gasps> breathe in that clear mountain air, and you can just smell those fresh mountain flowers, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful scene, a very serene scene. You look at the grandeur of the other mountains around you, and there is a sense of peace in that. Or maybe it's, it's, uh, it's this picture, a picture of parents comforting their kids, and you think, well, what does that have to do with joy or contentment or happiness? Well, I asked um, a couple of my grandkids uh, I, when I saw, showed them this picture. I said, "What's uh, what's happy about this picture?" And first of all, one of them said, "Nothing." <laughs> the kid's crying, Papa. Can't you see that? And then I said, "Really? Anything else?" And then they stopped for a moment and they said, "Well, you know, it is kind of happy." That even though that person's crying, their parent is right there putting their arms around them and comforting them. That is a great picture of contentment and, and joy. And, and, and sure, there are many images that both describe and bring joy and contentment. And the image of the Bible book of Philippians that has been brought out <clears throat> is one where kids are comforted by a loving adult. See, uh, we are those kids, and all through life, we go through things where we, whether we fall down from a bike ride or whether we get hurt from a, a relationship issue, whether we struggle with the different, difficult and different things of our life, we get knocked down, pushed down, and it, it's, it's difficult. We feel upset. We feel frustrated. We feel overwhelmed. And what Paul has been trying to say all through the Bible book of Philippians is that God is like, Christ is like that, that wonderful parent that scoops up their child in their arms and comforts them, and that child that we should just settle back in the arms of our loving God and find peace, find joy, and find contentment. See, for there is safety in the loving arms of Jesus, and there is contentment, there's provision, and there's connection. For reliance on Jesus brings on joy, and togetherness causes joy to thrive. It's when we place our trust in Christ Jesus, knowing him more, taking the focus off of us 
off of self, where true joy arises, for when we, as, with that childlike faith in Jesus, come and embrace him, finding our contentment in him, trusting in his provision, and, and enjoying connection with both Jesus and fellow believers, that's where joy is found, and even in difficult times. And that's what the Apostle Paul, who wrote this wonderful book of Philippians, is talking about in these last few verses of the book, Philippians chapter four, verses 10 to 23. So I'd like us for to explore these passages and look at three basically joy-bringing truths as we've studied this together. And so before we do, if you wouldn't mind uh, just setting aside your Bibles and standing up, even if you're online, go ahead and stand up with us, uh, except if you're driving, then you probably shouldn't be viewing this, just listening to it. But uh, 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 let's pray and ask God to, to encourage us. Father God, Thank you that in your loving arms uh, there is great peace and joy and contentment even in the midst of something difficult. And Lord, I'm not sure where everybody's at today, Lord, but you know where we are. Some of you are facing tragedy, Lord, we know, some of these people here. And, and God, I pray that you would encourage them and, and meet them at their point of need today and may they rest back in your arms and feel your loving care around them. But God, also challenge us and encourage us, especially in this area of contentment. Lord, we know you have something for us. So use this time, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. And I encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you, to take out your Bibles. Most of the verses will be up on the screen or online on the screen. But it's always good to kind of get used to flipping through your own Bible, whether it's on a device or whether it's in a paper Bible. They're both good. They're both fine. They're still the Word of God. And I encourage you to use some helps if you have our app. And you can go get that, the App Store, both the Apple and other app stores that are available. Download it. And the note page is right there. You can also, if you're online, get it online. And there's a study guide to follow online as well. I encourage you to do that and check out our websites for lots more information. But I want us to look at three joy-bringing truths this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, as we walk through these last few chapters of the Bible book of Philippians. The first joy-bringing truth is joy, the joy of contentment in Christ. Now, hopefully you have your Bible open to Philippians chapter four, but I've asked Jamie Block uh, to read these first few verses for us. And so Jamie, take it away. Philippians four twenty-one to 23. Uh, Greet all God's wait, people wait, wait, in Christ pause on Jesus. That one. That's the, the brothers that's the and verses sisters. at the end. This is verse 10 through uh, 13. You guys got that in there? Maybe? I'll just read it. Sorry, Jamie, we'll get you in there sometime. Uh, verse, uh, Philippians chapter four, verse 10. It says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you may re- re- revive your concern for me. You indeed... You, you were indeed concerned for me, but you have had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking from being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In, every, in any and in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ through him who strengthens me. Now we've, Lorena uh, uh, talked a lot about that verse, but Paul has learned this idea of being content in all situations, but how? How can you be content in, at peace? So 
okay in all that he's going through, Paul says. How can, but he has been content. How can he be content? Not only, he's in prison right now, writing this letter. How can he be content? But it's not just the fact that he was in prison. Take your Bibles, and if you have your Bible with me, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse 24. Listen to what else Paul is going through. Five times Paul says, I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. And the reason why it was 39, because they said 40 will kill you. Five times he experienced that. It's a cat of nine tails whipped around your back and rode over your back to rip out the flesh in your back. Five times Paul experienced that. Three times I was beaten with rods. Uh, once I was stoned. That's not the stone you're thinking of. <laughs> it's actually rocks being thrown at him that he was thought to be dead. Three times uh, I was shipwrecked. A, 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 a night and a day I was adrift at sea frequent, on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers and dangers from robbers and dangers from my own people and dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst and often without food in cold and exposure and apart from other things, there was a daily pressure on me of anxiety for all the churches. And you look at that and you go, how can Paul be content? Well, it goes on. It's even, even worse. Flip over to, to chapter 12 here in, in, in 2 Corinthians. At some point, Paul was given this thorn in the flesh. Now, we don't know exactly what that is, but verse 7 says it this way. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me and keep me from being conceited. And Paul says, I'm content. Did that soak into you at all? Paul has been through rough time and experience, and right now he's in jail, and he says, I'm content. How can that be? How can he be content? Well, we see it in the very next few verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 to 10. Three times I pleaded, he's talking about the thorn in the flesh. I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power, God says, is made perfect in weakness. And Paul just says, fine. No, he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content. I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am strong, or when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul comes to that place of contentment, not in self, not in circumstances. But God, if only this thorn would be free from me, then I would be right. No, God says, let my grace be sufficient. The truth of God's love and mercy and all that Jesus brings, that loving arms of Jesus wraps around him and Paul crawls up in his lap and settles back even though everything is going wrong. And whenever this thorn in the flesh is, and he's content, he rests back in Jesus. And the truth is, is that we all have issues in our life and the sin that so easily grips us 
pulling us ever more and the sin of the world ever more into to hardships and to struggles and destructions. And that sin cannot be erased in our body at all. It's part of who we are. It's in our DNA. We can't somehow wash it off by good works or somehow flush it out by clean living. There's no way to deal with this. That's why Jesus came. He is our savior. And when we jump onto his current through faith, it leads us into this life there. Though we face difficult times, we can rest back in his loving arms and guidance and help and we can be content. Many of you have made that step of faith to, to come and believe, realizing that you're sinful and you need a savior and that is Jesus. Some of you are still on the way. I encourage you to explore that. And if we could help in any way, please let us help. But the reality is how we benefit is to believe this truth of Christ, that he is, that his grace is sufficient. And let that truth of God <clears throat> settle in our soul. Jeremiah 31 verse three says, I have loved you with an everlasting love, God says. He uses the, the Hebrew word chesed. It's the loyal love of God that says that I am committed to you no matter what you do, no matter whether you reject me or not, I am committed to you. It's loyal. It's an unconditional love. In the Greek, it's called agape love. It's the kind of love that lasts. That's why in Deuteronomy 31, verse eight, God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That God is there with you. He's, he's that loving parent that, that, <clears throat> that wraps his arms around us. How Paul copes and finds contentment is to place that unwavering, that relentless, that seems to be almost reckless trust in God. But it's not reckless at all. It's the wisest choice and the wisest place to be. And this being put up in the arms of God is, is not coddling or enabling. It's empowering. It, it emboldens. That's why uh, Paul could write, and if, you, if you're in your Bible, go back to Philippians now 4, verse 13. Paul says, I can do all things <clears throat> through Christ who strengthens me. Because as we trust in the person and power of Christ, we are emboldened. We are empowered and strengthened in life. King David of the Bible felt that, and that's why he could face giants. Uh, Lorena just talked about Daniel in the Bible and his three friends. And though they had the hard time of eating vegetables, God was with him, and David, uh, Daniel could face a lion's den. Every one of the disciples and countless others, followers of Jesus have faced hardship, difficulty, persecution, and even death, and yet found the joy of contentment in Christ. See, God's strength sustains as we trust in him, and joy thrives as we connect with others out of concern. That word concern in verse 10 of Philippians 4 means to set one mind, one's mind on Verse 10, I rejoice in the Lord greatly <clears throat> that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You have indeed concern, you were indeed concerned for me, but have had no opportunity. <clears throat> when we show concern for others, we join with God to bring on the joy of contentment in Christ. But it can't happen unless we think of other people. Unless we 
you know, I know that life is rough. We go through terrible things. But we need to think of others as well. I love how Debbie put it. You know, a lot of you have faced your own issues because she thinks about other people. We need to think about other people. You know, it's so easy to pull out your phone and to send a text. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Hey, God just brought you to mind. I'm praying for you. Send an email. Send a letter. Maybe even go connect. See, for reliance on Jesus brings on joy. And togetherness causes joy to thrive. See, will you, will you take on that relentless trust in the Lord and, and, and choose to set your mind on others and nestle into the arms of God? That's the joy of contentment in Christ. Uh, another joy-bringing truth, <clears throat> uh, the joy in Jesus' provision is now verses 14 to 20. Do you think, you think Jamie's ready to read those, you guys? Let's, let's try verses 14 to, to 20. If not, I'll just do that one too. So Jamie, what do you think? Philippians 4, 21 to 23. Okay, that's, it's, I can Greet see. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. Nope. All God's people here send you greetings. Okay, never mind. We're going to get to that momentarily when it's the right moment. Let me read it again, 14 to 20. <clears throat> it was kind of you, this is Paul writing to the Philippian believers, it was kind of you to, to share my trouble and, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. Not that I... Seek the gift, but I seek the, the fruit of increase to your credit. I've received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent me, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is content in Christ, knowing we have what we have by the hand of God, and we have what we don't have <clears throat> by the hand of God as well. Let me say that again. We have what we have by the hand of God. We have what we don't have by the hand of God as well. For there is joy in Jesus' provision of what we have and what we don't have, a, a trust in God's promises. Last week, we, we read Psalm uh, 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall be content. See, uh, <clears throat> the image of that is a, is a shepherd with their sheep. A sheep can do nothing on their own. They will graze a land, a, a patch of grass down to the dirt and start eating the dirt because they just don't know any better. So they need a, a, a shepherd to guide them to greener pastures. A sheep gets all kinds of different bugs. Their horns grow back into their head. They need a shepherd to clip those, to put the salve on their eyes so the bugs don't burrow in and cause blindness. They need a, 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 a shepherd to shear them so they don't get weighed down. They need a shepherd to pick them up because when a sheep has fallen, it can't get up and it doesn't have a clapper. 
there's there's all kinds of importance about the imagery of the shepherd and and Paul wants us to get in in now in in a different way in 2 Corinthians 9 8 he says it this way and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency that word sufficiency means contentment so that having all contentment in all things at all times you may abound in every good work because of God's provision, we have what we have by the hand of God. We have what we don't have by the hand of God as well. We can rest in Jesus' leadership and lordship that he will provide what we need in life. Hey, hey read with me, if you will, <clears throat> Philippians 4.19. It's, it's up on the screen. Just read it out loud with me. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. See, joy bubbles up as we trust in Jesus' provision. And joy flourishes, it blossoms, it thrives as we participate in God's provision as we give. These Philippian believers gave to God's work, gave to Paul so that he could continue. It's like us giving to missionaries, to Christian organizations, to this church, to people in need. God wants all of us to discover the joy in generous giving, the joy in participating in Jesus' provision. <clears throat> Have you ever given an anonymous gift to someone in need? You, you ought to try it sometime. Oh, man, will the joy just increase. Pray and ask God, <clears throat> Lord, is there someone you want me to give something to? And let him tell, tell you, and he will. And, 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 and God will use you as, as, as part of his plan, then secretly give it to somebody. <laughs> and watch the joy just woo, erupt. As, as a pastor, I have the privilege of being a conduit of these things. Someone will pray and they said, Pastor Mike, God really laid on my heart uh, to help somebody out. And, and, and they have an envelope there. And I, would you please give this envelope to this, to this person and they look at me and said, now remember, pastor confidentiality, you can't tell anybody, right? I said, well, of course, I wouldn't tell anybody. So I have the joy, and this person is like, you know, giddy. <laughs> I can't wait to give this. And sometimes it's of great sacrifice to themselves. They've gone without so that they can give to somebody, but they felt God giving to them. So I take that envelope or whatever it is, a gift bag or whatever, and I walk over and give it to that person. And this happens, I've seen it happen so many times. It, it, it's, it's, it's amazing and wonderful but I walk up to that person and says, God challenged someone to give you this. And that look in their eyes, as their eyes widen, how did they know? How did they know? And almost trembling, they open the bag or open the, the envelope and you can see them just crumple with tears of joy that God of heaven understood their need and sent someone to do that. Woo, man, that's exciting. You ought to try it. I know we'd all love the gift of receiving. But how great it is. Isn't it better to give than receive? Man, how fun is that? Yes, God miraculously provides what we need. But much of the time, he uses you and me. And we are blessed with joy and as we participate in the work of God when we give. 
when we give not only to people in need, but when we give to our church and mission organizations and, and, and to those out there uh, because God uses those opportunities and people are helped and encouraged and people are saved. Matter of fact, in our youth ministry just a couple of weeks ago, a, a, a young person gave their life to Christ. They gave their life to Christ because people like you give to this church and afford a, a youth pastor and a, and a youth ministry and, a, and then all the things that we need to, to be able to minister. And, and because of that, someone got saved in eternity. Has, the landscape of heaven has changed because of your faithfulness. And that happens all over the place. And in verse 18 says, it's a fragrant offering, pleasing to God. See, God has given us our resources so we would manage our life well. And part of that is to be generous in giving. Not out of surplus, but out of sacrifice. Tithes and offerings to the church, as Malachi 3.10 says, bring your whole tithe. A tithe is 10%. It's a joy-bringing truth as we choose contentment in Christ and in Jesus' provision. And lastly, there is joy of connection. Okay, I think Jamie's got this one. So Jamie, take it away. Philippians 4, 21 to 23. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. Can you flip the brothers and sisters work? who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. And she sounded the so grace great. of the Lord Jesus Christ Let me read this. be with your spirit. 21 to 23. <clears throat> greet every saint in Christ, and the brothers who are with me greet you. And all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. These last few verses, Paul brings out the joy of connection with both Jesus and others. When we come to faith in Jesus, we are, we are connected. We are adopted in Christ <clears throat> with this miraculous and mysterious connection when we believe. It is unbreakable and enjoyed as we grow in faith. And that's why we need to take responsibility on ourselves to foster this relationship with God, to, to, to understand from his word and to grow and to, 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 to know more about him as we revel in his revelation of the Bible and as we take that in and understand it and, and, and learn more about him. For there is joy in our interactive connection with Jesus. Paul also reminds us that we are connected with fellow believers everywhere as fellow adopted brothers and sisters come into this big giant family of Christ. And so we're to reach out and connect, to build unity, to stand firm in faith and, and, and help us see we're not alone. For there are even believers in what seems to be godless places like Caesar's household. It may not have been Caesar's family, but those in Caesar's house, the servants, the those helping out and, and even the guards. We are to greet, or, or the word really means embrace, giving a greater than casual greeting and more of a, a connection with others to share life, to give and receive, to, to help and be helped, to encourage and be encouraged, to build up and build up, to be built up and to build up others. See, we're, not, we're, we're meant to have a tribe, a people, a community, 
but it's up to us to connect and to join in. And I know it's been so easy um, to get out of the habit of connecting with others in this, this pandemic, this time where we're supposed to be isolated and, and sequestered and, and keeping our distance. And, and I know for some, it's been, it's been great because they don't have to hassle with all the reality of, of togetherness, but, but God still wants us to be together. And so there's opportunities. Take those opportunities, whether it's in a small group or some of the larger group gatherings where you can come and to, to enjoy it. And yeah, it's gonna take habit to get back into that habit but let's connect. How do we need to adjust life where we have time to connect with others? I know we get so busy. <laughs> I do too, lots of details. I like to be busy. And yet reliance on Jesus brings on joy and togetherness causes joy to thrive. I'm not sure what your picture of joy looks like, but the Apostle Paul sought to show the picture of a, of a loving God who, who, who is trustworthy where we climb up in his arms and feel the joy of contentment in Christ, feel the joy in Jesus' provision, feel the joy of connection both, both with Christ and with others. Someone once made up the acronym JOY, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and you. And it's true that there is joy as we rely on Jesus and as we, togetherness, connect with each other because joy thrives. What's God been saying to you? Let, let's take a moment, just 40 seconds, and listen to the Lord. What's he saying to you? Is he, is he calling you to a decision? Is he, is he pointing out something that needs to change? Is he, is he encouraging you and challenging you and, and maybe even calling you to confess some things? As our band comes up here, let's just take 40 seconds of silence and listen as God speaks. I'll time us. 40 seconds. What's God saying to you? Father, thank you for speaking to us. Cause us now to take action upon those things that you have directed us to. And Lord, may we, <clears throat> like that child, crawl up into your arms and nestle back into you and find our contentment, <clears throat> our provision, and our connection in you. Because of you, Jesus, we're thankful that we can even do this. We pray. Amen. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what or how uh, God has challenged you, but, but take action on that. Don't just let this be another Sunday, another moment where you go, okay, nice sermon, let's go. But actually dwell on what God wants of you because of what we've talked about. He wants you to experience an incredible contentment in him that peace that surpasses understanding, it's there for you. Will you reach out for it? Let's continue our worship.